Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, a podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to OATV and my very special guest today, Nick Jones. Nick is a wonderful young tenor who's a member of our Young Artist Program, but he's also sung some important roles already with Opera Australia and with various other companies. So Nick, welcome to OATV. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Now you were born in Melbourne. Yep, that's right. And did you grow up in a musical family? Uh, yes, uh, a combination of music. My, uh, my father grew up trained playing classical piano. Mm -hmm. So he didn't play as much when, you know, when he was older, but, you know, he liked to have a glass of wine and play a couple of tunes mm -hmm. uh, around Christmas time. I know he's a great fan of yours. <laughs> yeah, number one fan, I'd say. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's great to have that support from, from family. Yeah, no, I remember when I first started out singing just outside of school, he'd, mm. you know, talk to his business mates and say, oh, you know, my son's really good at singing. We should mm -hmm. get him, you know, come along and have a song and... You know, he'd play, uh, you know, sound man and, and give me the feedback during mm -hmm. the, uh, the run-throughs before gigs. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. But um, did you study a musical instrument when you were younger? Yeah, um, I studied clarinet from a young age because my mum played clarinet when she was younger. So, mm -hmm. you know, she dusted it off and said, you know, have a go at this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always had a voice, mm -hmm. um, you know, being the youngest, I was the loudest in the room because mm -hmm. you've got to be heard somehow. <laughs> yes. uh, so, yeah, even when I wasn't taking music seriously as a kid, I was still, I was in the choirs, I was doing school musicals, all that sort of thing. And, and any of your siblings, are they musical at all? Uh, well, my brother actually used to be in the, uh, in hip hop. Uh -huh. uh, so he was a recording artist and then he retired early, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh, he kept writing for a while and remains a passion of his, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you could pick something that's much further from opera than hip hop. No, of course. <laughs> well, we first met when uh, you were in the ensemble for South Pacific. That's it, yeah. So earlier on, your focus was more on musicals. Yeah, so I guess I hadn't really thought about doing classical singing per se mm. until right at the end of high school and I was doing the school musicals and the guy who was directing at the time or he was the head of the music theatre program, he said, you know, you've actually got a proper voice. You know, you should, you should come along and, and have some uh, singing lessons because his wife is a singing teacher. Mm -hmm. And going out of high school, I thought, well, you know, the ball seems to keep rolling. And I thought, I'll try to pursue studying voice thinking that I was going to go into music theatre. Mm -hmm. So I went to the Victorian College of the Arts and I did the classical music degree there because there was no music theatre degree at the time. Mm -hmm. And through the degree, my voice grew and, you know, I took on various sort of, you know, concert performances of roles like Tamino and the Magic Flute. Mm. And everyone said, no, you should probably do the opera thing. I think you're actually quite good at it. <laughs> and of course, you sang Tamino on our regional tour. Of course, yeah. Which was fantastic. And it's, it's a great experience because you get a lot of performances under your belt. Yeah. And uh, you can pace yourself and, as we say, you can sing it in. Yeah, it's pretty rare in our biz that you actually get to do a role 50 times mm. in the space of one season. And especially going around performing for audiences that aren't necessarily as, you know, as discerning or fussy as we might be in the big smoke, mm. they just want a good show. So you're focusing on your technique and you, you're growing your technique, but at the same time, you've got to perform, you've got to put on a good show. Yeah. And it's, uh, as you say, it's great training as well, because um, um, 
having to find out how you can sing those roles under all sorts of circumstances oh, yeah. in very different acoustics oh, yeah. makes you realise that, well, when you're singing in those places, you can't listen to yourself. That's true, yeah. You know, you sing in just about any acoustic you could imagine. Yeah. You know, there are some places that have phenomenal acoustic halls that, you know, I was thinking, oh, I can't remember the name of the town, that they'd built this, you know, multi, multi-million dollar uh, performing arts arena. Mm. And so you get to sing in, you know, unexpectedly fantastic acoustics, mm. but then you also sing outdoors or in, you know, someone's school hall. Mm. Uh, where the acoustic changes every single performance. Yeah. So you can't rely on that feedback of what yeah. you're hearing bouncing off the walls. Yeah. And as I said, it's fantastic training because a lot of the theatres, the bigger theatres, um, when you're singing in them and they're empty, it's fantastic. You yeah. can hear everything. Then when they're full, it's a totally different acoustic. Mm. So on the first night, if you're not experienced in this way of singing uh, technically and not um, mm. listening to yourself, um, a lot of singers get into trouble. Yeah, I would say that that was a bit of a rude shock. The first stage rehearsals for Meistersinger, mm -hmm. uh, having only sung on that stage as a chorister and then also, you know, maybe for a stage audition or something, yep. you go out there and you go, oh, <laughs> there's not a lot coming back. Exactly. Of course, you're talking about the, the Arts Centre in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And you had a big success as David in Meistersinger. I, yeah, unexpected. Um, I remember opening night, I was so focused, I had been so focused for all the production period just on doing a good job because I sort of stepped into the role kind of late mm. and I was so focused on just doing the job and doing it as well as I could that I did the kind of classic bow you would do if you were playing, you know, bit part number two. I sort of walked <laughs> up and bowed and then walked back. <laughs> Everyone was still clapping and Warwick Fife was yeah. like, you should bow for longer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure you've learned that now. Yeah, yeah. You're, I probably wouldn't take that much time if I were doing Remondado and Carmen. Or people <laughs> sure. might just be like, who's that guy? <laughs> but I'm sure you've learned, um, well, uh, the way the tenors take bows now. Yes. You know, I've seen some fantastic bows from some great tenors. Mm. Jonas Kaufman knows how to take a good bow. Yeah. It's a very yeah. sort of humble or yeah. some tenors like to sort of, you know, bring the audience in and mm. take a minute or so. So let, let's go back to South Pacific for a minute. Yeah. And, um, of course, South Pacific was a wonderful success and we saw it everywhere. But uh, perhaps you'd like to talk about the difference between um, being in South Pacific and, uh, and being in an opera. The interesting thing about South Pacific was that we had a long, very focused rehearsal period with the director, you know, very close quarters, a lot of mm. very personal feedback. Uh, and you get to develop a really strong sense of the whole ensemble because in music theatre there isn't the same delineation between chorus and principal quite mm. often because maybe a lot of the minor principal roles are filled out by the chorus so mm. it's referred to as an ensemble more often uh, and so you have this amazing company sensation performing but at the same time you've got to contend with doing 150 performances of the same mm. show mm. and so it's this psychological battle that you all go through together you know, I was listening to an interview with Anthony Hopkins recently mm -hmm. and people were asking him why he doesn't do more stage performances mm. because he's such a phenomenal technical actor. Mm. And he said, well, I feel like, you know, after doing it 10 or 20 times, I've figured it out. <laughs> yes. You know, I don't want to do it 100 or 200 yeah. times. Yeah. It's a very different ball game. You know, operas, you know, some operas you would do five times in a season. And yeah, then yeah. That's right. you get five goes at it and you give it your all and then that's, the, you know, the end of the season. Yeah. No, and it is, it's a great challenge, to, as you say, when you're doing 150 performances, to come in every day and have the same impetus and the same energy uh, that you had on, on, on day one. Mm. But I must say, um, you and your colleagues in, uh, in South Pacific and in all the musicals we've done, 
Um, it's it's wonderful to see how, how committed people are to the performance, even though they're you know, 50 performances in or 100, mm. 100 performances in. And you see the reaction from the audience, which is always tremendously yeah, exciting. Yeah, absolutely. No, that show in particular was very... It, it kind of sneaks up on the audiences, I think, because mm. they think, oh, Rogers and Hammerstein, I'm going to have a good time. And then, you know, there's a lot of very dark, very technical aspects to the story, yeah. and it kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah, and it's just as relevant today as it was when it was first Absolutely. And, uh, and you need to be able to sing to, yeah. to do it as well. So <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic piece. Yeah. Um, but you're going to sing something for us today? Yes, I'm going to be singing the Serenade from Romberg's The Student Prince. It's fantastic. It's uh, when I was very young. I think it was the first uh, record I ever bought mm. uh, uh, of Mario Lanza singing the serenade. I played it over and over and over again. Yeah. So thank you, Nick. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy Nick Jones singing the serenade from the student prince. Oh. 
Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not-too-distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.